0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every month we pick an actor, a director, a subject, a conversation, and this month, it is Rage Cage. That's right, we're going through a bunch of Nicolas Cage movies, and this week, we're talking about...
1: Moonstruck.
0: Yeah, this is a 1987 American romantic comedy drama film starring Cher, Nicolas Cage, Danny Aiello, and a whole... Big old supporting cast. That's right. And, uh, yeah, this was a really lovely movie. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, so this month we're focusing on the man, Nicolas Cage, and we're going to be talking about a span of his range of acting because Nicolas Cage is...
0: (sighs) Hard to describe.
1: Yeah, there's really no way to describe Nicolas Cage. Just every movie you get him in, he's going to be something completely different from the last time you saw him.
0: He's, he's given a hundred and ten percent in everything he's in. I think that's the real, um, plus side of Nick Cage is I don't think there's any um phoning it in performances in the discography.
1: No, and with his catalog of films, there's just so many that we could review, mm-hmm. but we've got about five weeks, so no. we're gonna you know pick five different movies to show the range. Of Cage.
0: Yes, the the Range Cage.
1: Range Cage. So this week we're going to be talking about one of his early films and him as a romantic lead.
0: Yes, this is Heartthrob Cage. That's is, right. Is that how we would describe yeah. it? Yeah. And um, it's really weird because I've never seen this movie before watching it. Uh, you had seen it a bunch of times.
1: Oh right? yeah, I grew up with this movie.
0: So... What is, how was your uh, initial viewing of it? Maybe, is this the first time in a while or?
1: No, I, I'd seen it recently. So it was, you know, my second time watching it with you because I wanted to see your reaction to it. But I had just seen it, I think maybe last week because I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do this for the podcast.
0: You wanted a refresher to make sure it was as good as you remembered?
1: Yeah, because I'm like, I don't know if you're going to have questions during the movie. So I'm like, let me watch it you know, first time, and I'm like, we'll watch it together, and yeah, I mean, it still lives up to, you know, how it always has been for me, because I love this movie, it's so entertaining, Uh, the comedy is just on par, Mm -hmm. and you end up loving the family.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really big plus of this movie. The supporting cast is all great, and it's led by a Honestly, a surprisingly good performance by Cher. Yeah, Cher the singer.
1: You're the only one that seems to be under the uh, under the impersonation that Cher isn't a good actress.
0: I, look, I don't know if it's just, I've only seen late stage Cher. Like, I've only seen Cher in like the last 10, 15 years of her career where she stopped caring because she had all the money. But those ones have been pretty bad.
1: You know, I mean, again, I don't <laughs> know what movies you're talking about. Uh, even your dad, after we watched the movie, he was like, oh yeah, Cher's a great actress, so I don't know. I don't know what movie she's
0: been in, to be honest. I think the movie, I, the only movie I think I've ever seen her in, other than this, was some shitty, like, I think it was a movie called Burlesque or something. I think my sister got it because oh, that was a Oh yeah, I,
1: I've seen Burlesque. Yeah, it's an alright movie. I, I mean, I thought you were going to tell me you saw, like, Mamma Mia 2.
0: Oh god, is she in Mamma Mia 2?
1: Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? I mean, I haven't watched those movies. What? What is... I mean, I really should, because I like ABBA, so it's like... Is the whole
0: point of Mamma Mia just to be an... It's an ABBA musical, right? They're just musicals with, like, all ABBA songs? Yeah. So, okay, tangent time. What is is the story of these Mamma Mia movies? I
1: have no idea. Are they like like ABBA docs? I've never seen the play... And I've never seen any adaptations of it, so I don't know.
0: Wait, it's a play. Yeah, it's I, like an
1: onstage, like musical. It's been like a thing that's torn around for years. I
0: didn't, I didn't know Mamma Mia was a stage play before it was a movie. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much more sense.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, thought that was
0: written as a fever dream by some coked out executive.
1: No, it's been around for a very long time, and it's just like it makes sense why they would bring Sharon to. That universe because she's still a really great singer. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've heard. I think in Mama Mia two, she sings Fernando mm-hmm. by ABBA, and I mean, you
0: you, you like she some Fernando.
1: I mean, I like that song to begin with, but then Cher sings it, and it's like that fucking slaps. Okay, <sighs> it's a good uh rendition. That,
0: wow, Cher be slapping yo, we are hip.
1: Very much so. But uh, back to the movie. Yes. Um, yes, this is an ensemble piece. So it's, you know, we really get to see the lives of everybody in this family.
0: Yeah, we get to see the the grandfather, the father, the uncles, the aunts, the mother. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess um, to give everybody a little bit of context of what the movie is actually about, uh, Cher is this widowed Italian uh, wife. And she's been widowed for seven years. Seven years. And she started dating this boy, Johnny, played by Danny Aiello. And he finally proposes marriage. And they're going to get married. And, oh, she's, like, finally, you know, ah, somebody who loves me. And we're going to get married. Mm -hmm. But he has to go see his mother because she is on her deathbed. Mm -hmm. So he has to go back to Sicily. And he... Palermo, to be
1: exact. Palermo,
0: yeah. And he gives her the job of inviting his estranged brother to the wedding his estranged brother is Nicolas cage and
1: dean practically shrieked when he appeared on the screen oh, i
0: was so excited i was like finally Nicolas cage is here oh what crazy I mean, bullshit is he gonna do it
1: doesn't take that long for him to make an appearance it's just they have to you know lay the foundation so we could understand How his character is pivotal to the movie.
0: Yeah, and he's very much a supporting actor in this. I don't think he has more than... I don't know how much screen time he has. He doesn't have a lot.
1: No, I mean, he's not, you know, a star. He's, like, the co-star. But the movie's really focused around Cher's character, Loretta. Yeah. And her entire family.
0: And what happens is obviously what happens when you have a, a young, virile Nicolas Cage... Cher obviously falls in love with him madly and they uh, begin an affair.
1: You know, and it's also not, you know, Cher that falls in love. He equally falls in love with her. I mean, like, next day he tells her, you know, well, I'm in love with you. So it can't be the thing of, oh, the, well, the woman also, just, you know, fell in love with, well, like, no. Also,
0: they, like, the first meeting they have after Nicolas Cage does... One of the greatest monologues I have ever heard in cinema. And
1: are you happy that you understand the monologue now?
0: I do, I do, where he holds up his hand is like, this hand, right? Here, and it's I it's... got
1: off my hand. <laughs> now now you know what I mean when I'm talking about that.
0: Exactly. And after the greatest monologue in cinema history, you know, they have a conversation in his apartment. Like it's like they've only known each other for like Five minutes? Yeah, like forty-five minutes maximum and they're already like DTF yeah let's let's go let's mm. and they're just banging it out
1: was the sound effect really necessary
0: yes yes
1: you are gonna cut that out right no oh, well, <coughs> God.
0: so moonstruck they are um, so comedy ensues basically it becomes a story about Uh, How Cher and Nicolas Cage are falling in love and how they actually are in love and where she was with Johnny because she didn't want to be alone anymore and how their parents are kind of in a similar thing where the dad is now kind of cheating on the mom and the mom is like thinking about the step out game but she's like no i just want to like you know your husband it's a very interesting movie about relationships and family it's a it's a very lovely film
1: i mean that and you also have the the fact that share thinks or loretta thinks that she's cursed yes because you know being traditional traditional uh, italian family it's you know you do marriage the right way you you know you wear the dress you go to church uh you know, you, you love you're
0: trying to come up with a way to not of saying this without putting in the Italian accent.
1: No, I it- have
0: the dress and the
1: shirt. And no, the it's the thing, you know, where the man is in love with you and eventually over time you fall in love with the man. And with this one, she gets engaged to Johnny and her mom's like, oh, OK, you're getting married again after, you know, it kind of fell apart. Because we, we hear about how Cher was really in love with her first husband, they went to City Hall, nobody else was there from the family, so she feels that because <laughs> she did this, ultimate, ultimately it led to the demise of their marriage because he was hit by a bus and killed.
0: Which is, a, which is a thing, where she's like, oh, it was a curse, oh my lord, and her mom is like, look, you're just on plain unlucky, I don't know what to tell you. It's you part know, of
1: the curse. It's part
0: of the curse, and I'm like, he was hit
1: by a bus! Don't gloss over this. He was hit by a city bus. And how often does that happen? It happens, but (laughs) not that often.
0: I guess, I guess. But it's
1: just this thing of, you know, Loretta's been alone for the past seven years, and, you know, she finds Johnny, and it's kind of like, okay, we're gonna do this the right way. I'm not really in love with you, but you love me, and you care about me, and I care about you, so let's do this the right way so I'm not, you know, alone forever and a burden on my parents. It's like, you know, I have a partner and I love that, you know, I'm going to jump to kind of like the middle, close to the climax of the movie where um, Loretta and um, Ronnie. Ronnie are having an argument and, you know, he's like, you know, don't marry him because that's the safe option. He's like, you know, you deserve to be with somebody you actually love. And she's like, you showed up too late. And he's like, you know, I'm right here. And it's like, you're too late, though. Mm. It's like, if I had met you before I met, you know, your brother, if absolutely, have been happening. absolutely. I would have, you know, gone with you because I actually love and care about you. And you piss me off and you push me to no end. But that's how a relationship should be. It's that's, trying that's the love, you know, not something where, oh, it's safe. It's, you know, he's going to be there.
0: It is. This is the. um it's like the thing where it's like, oh, do you go with the 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 preppy rich boy who make you happy, or do you go with the the rebel on the Harley Davidson? That is this story, just like.
1: No Harley though.
0: No, not, uh, not yet. I'm convinced that Ronnie has a has a motorcycle we just did not see.
1: I mean, dude loves the opera, and if he's gonna be all you know in the bakery all day baking. Hell yeah, he's gonna save his money to get those nice, sweet box seats in the opera that cost an arm and he, a leg. Yeah,
0: but he's he's the kind of guy who wants to roll up at the opera in, like, the cleanest tuxedo you ever seen, and hop off that motorcycle, puts the helmet on, and then, you know, being like, Yes, yes, ladies, I am literally James Bond with my tuxedo, motorcycle, and the Nick Cage charm. Come on. Come on, booze.
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: Oh, oh. So... So so savage, so savage.
1: But we have them as our main characters, and then we have Loretta's parents, uh, played by Olympia Dukakis and Vincent Gardenia. Uh,
0: Gard Gardenia.
1: I think it's Gardenia. Uh, well, but yeah, her parents, uh, Vince, Vinny, uh, Rose and Cosmo, and they're going through their own struggles of being married for such a long time, and. Cosmo
0: being kind of a schmuck.
1: Well, I mean, Cosmo, you know, basically hitting middle age and kind of, you know, freaking out. And it's just that whole ordeal of, you know, you chased me forever. You know, you wanted to be uh, the only person in my life. You wanted to be my husband. And now that, you know, death's kind of on the horizon. It's near. You freak out. And now it's I'm going to go chase younger women because that makes me feel more younger.
0: Oh, okay. Speaking as a dude, I'm like, that's so um I'm not gonna say like like mean, but that's like really simplistic.
1: But that's what he does in the film. I'm not saying all men. Oh, I'm no, saying no, the, that the character of Cosmo. Like... Because we have his brother in law, who is Rose's brother Raymond, mm. who's been married to uh Rita. his wife his wife Rita, and they're very much still in love. And it's just to show, you know, the parallels of, okay, well, they've probably been together just as long as Cosmo and Rose have, but they're still very much like teenagers in love. Mm -hmm. So you see that difference of... It's
0: about keeping the passion alive.
1: Keeping the passion, but also when your partner starts to kind of fall out of love with you and that struggle of, I love my partner, But what do I do? Do I also stray or do I stick with my values? And that's what Rose makes a point of when she meets the other man and he's, you know, well, can I come in? And she's she's
0: laying down the charm
1: and she's like, nobody's home. But she's like, I know who I am as a person and I can't have you come into, uh, into my home. I can't be that person.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of the smart thing about this movie. It's probably why the movie works because if it was just a story of a, um, of a woman who now has to choose between her fiance and her fiance's brother. I think this would be a little too generic, but adding in the aspects of like her family and the complexities of her family and the overall theme of like, well, what is like, what's love and romance in, in like the passion and how that's vital in relationship. And that's, that's really what makes the movie sing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you get a lot of influence from the parents Where, you know, Cosmo's, you know, out running around doing what he wants to do because he feels like, you know, I really haven't accomplished anything in my life, so I may as well have a good time while I still have time. And Rose is just like, you know, imparting the wisdom on her daughter, you know, even though as bad as it sounds, you know, don't marry somebody that you love, you know, it's just, I understand where she's coming from because she married somebody that she loved.
0: And, and now he he's just
1: hurts her. and he's hurting her he's straying away and it's just that anguish of you know i want to talk to you about this and tell you to stop but it's like you know you might also leave as soon as i tell you to stop
0: well what's the, what's that old saying um the people who can hurt you the most are the people you love the most
1: yeah and it's a really it's
0: really true in how this movie is portraying it and i just wanted to To say, you know, for the record, because Boo always thinks I hate every movie she picks, I really do like Moonstruck. I think this is actually a good movie, and I think it held up really well.
1: Yeah, and I mean, (laughs) you were surprised to see that it won three Oscars.
0: Yeah, okay, first of all, what the actual fuck? Full Metal Jacket came out this year, people. It wasn't even nominated for Best Picture.
1: Fatal Attraction came out this year, but it's just, it's a special story. And even though you were like, it's a a romantic comedy. It's a romantic comedy, but it's more complex than, you know, the romantic comedies that we have right now, where it's just the two characters. Oh, it's
0: way better than any of the romantic comedies now.
1: Exactly. 90% of mainstream
0: romantic comedies now are shit. It's like the 90% of mainstream comedies now are shit.
1: Well, that and, you know, a lot of things get repeated over and over. This one is so unique because... It's the entire family and seeing the struggles of just about everybody in this family, except for grandpa, because grandpa's on his, on his own. It's just him and his dogs. So we don't see, you know, the, the dynamic of him and grandma.
0: Well, I think his whole thing is how do you deal with life after, after somebody's gone on? After loss. After loss. Yeah. And And he replaces her with like dog, with like his dogs and all that stuff. And he's he's living with
1: Cosmo is his son. So he's seeing his son stray and kind of not only stray on his wife, but really the family because he's becoming more and more, um, what, what's the word that I'm looking for?
0: Uh, Uh, again, I say scummy. No, not. Becoming a little bit of a scumbag.
1: No, not scummy. (laughs) He's becoming more isolated because that's how we first meet him. He's asleep in the living room, listening to records and, uh, Rose is up in bed And it's just this whole thing that, you know, we hear from Rose as we're meeting her for the first time, that this is what he does. He drinks, he listens to his records, and he falls asleep in the living room while she's up there alone. And it's just, you see, you know, the isolation just within the house. And it's just like, yeah, you know, probably at one point he was probably an attentive father, husband, and now it's just kind of like, I'm going to do my thing over here and let time pass by.
0: Yeah, honestly I think the I think the supporting cast is, is great.
1: They're phenomenal. They're and I phenomenal, mean Rose, you know, Olympia Dukakis won the need best supporting actress.
0: To talk about the man, the myth, the legend. Nicolas Cage, because this is Nicolas Cage month. We've given our props to the, to the movie and everyone. And
1: this isn't his, you know, first feature film that he's been in. Oh
0: god, no. This was already down the line for him, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, so I mean he's been in films before, but this was his first Oscar-nominated winning film?
0: I believe so, because Moonstruck comes out in 88, is what we
1: said? I think it came out in 87, and we saw the 88 uh, oh, awards. Oh, because that's,
0: yeah, the 88 awards. Yeah. Yeah, because in 1987, this is this is what comes out, right? He's in Peggy Sue Gets Married, that's mm-hmm. directed by Francis Ford Coppola. He's in Raising Arizona, directed by the Cohen Brothers. Mm-hmm. And he's in Moonstruck. All that is in like 1987. Yeah. And yeah, this is his um his Oscar performance. That's what he gets nominated for. He gets a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor in a comedy musical. But eighty seven really is the year that Cage kind of breaks into I guess like mainstream actor status. Yeah. Because before this, he's in um God, like Racing with the moon Mm -hmm. with like Sean Penn or something, or he's in like The Cotton Club or Birdie. He's in he's in movies that were good, but they're not like they're not increasing his star power. Raising Arizona increased his star power. Moonstruck increased his star power.
1: And I mean, while, you know, Nicolas Cage always puts in 150% Yeah. We see that in this movie because he's not just the generic, you know oh, this is my brother, and now our lead actress is going to fall in love with the brother versus the person she's actually with. It's like, no, he's a complex character, and it's not like he tries to sugarcoat it. He goes full tilt at this character, yeah. and it's just like, oh, you're not just eye candy. You are just so complex. I'm trying to, you know, untangle this web that we have.
0: Oh, okay. I want to I mention something, okay? Because Nicolas Cage is eye candy because, again... I'm a, I'm a dude. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really know. Like, Nick, young Nicolas Cage, he's a unique looking he's person. He's Really? Yes. You're just straight up, he's like, he fine? Yes. Really? I
1: That's mean, weird. yeah, he's got the piercing <laughs> eyes. He's got, you know, basically chiseled, a chiseled jaw, you know, really good cheekbones. <laughs> it's just, you know, he's got the smolder down. <laughs> He's got that
0: James Dean smolder. Exactly.
1: He can brood. So it's like, he's a very attractive man. And especially in this movie, it's like, yeah, you know, compared to, I don't want to, you know, uh, crap on Danny Aiello, but it's just, they're only supposed to be like a couple of years apart.
0: Danny Aiello looks so much older than than Nicolas Cage, than Cher. I don't know how old Cher was in this.
1: Cher was... She was a decent amount of years older than Nicolas Cage. And that's why people were like, really? We thought they were around the same age range because Cher doesn't really age. Yeah. She, she's, you know, she's got phenomenal genes. She looks amazing. She still looks amazing. Uh, but also,
0: I mean, y- you gotta say, when you have that much money, your, your plastic surgeon is one of the best in the business. Because I, I looked this up right now, so... Cher was born in 1946, and Nicolas Cage was born in 1960 uh, something, 67, I think, is what it said.
1: You have to scroll back up. Oh, sorry,
0: 64. So they're like a almost a 20 year age yeah. gap between the two of them. And honestly, Nicholas and Nicolas Cage was 24 at the time of the filming. Mm-hmm. So Nick, so Cher was already pushing like in her 40s,
1: in her 30s, yeah. There's a 20-year age
0: gap there. She's in her 40s. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, there's an age gap, but, you know, comparative the two brothers, he looks a lot younger than uh, Danny Danny Aiello in the movie.
0: Danny Aiello is probably, like, very much in his, uh... Oh, God. In the 30s. Danny Aiello was born in 1933. Sweet Lord. So he was, like, 55? Wait a minute. Oh, my God. How... How young, okay, how old was Johnny supposed to be in the movie?
1: I don't think they say, because I think there's a part at the very end of the movie when him and uh, Ronnie are arguing, and he says, I think Ronnie's like 37. So Loretta must be maybe in her early, Uh, early 30s?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, they say, they make a point that she is like, she got married in her 20s, And, like, seven years down the road, now she's, you know, in her 30s. So, she, yeah, she's in her, early 30s.
1: So, it's just the thing of, um, I mean, yeah, they they try to make her look kind of more on the matronly side because she is a grieving widow, so... She
0: has, like, the little bits of gray in her hair, and And you can...
1: she, you know, dresses very modestly. I mean, it's also winter in New York, so... Yeah,
0: but you can tell, like, the makeup they put on her is the kind of makeup you put on an actress to make it look like they... Oh, they don't really put on makeup. It's all it's to make him look like, um, like frumpy or whatever.
1: Yeah, and then we see how once she starts to fall for Ronnie, as she goes to the the salon and she's like, you know what, um.
0: Pretty, pretty me up.
1: Pretty me up, and you know, okay, take the grays out of my hair. And her salon, her um,
0: A beautician. Her,
1: her beautician is you know over the moon. Finally, finally. So we see this grand reveal of her without the grays and with the makeup the new and dress and all these. Other and it's things. just like she's still equally as beautiful as she was before she had that transformation. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like. You can't say, "Oh yeah, that really knocks some years off of her." It's like, "No, she just looks
0: it, it literally looked like she just dressed up for the night, which I think is a is a better way to do it because I kind of Have you, you seen that in like bad teenage comedies where it's like, "Oh, the it's girl
1: the... takes off her glasses, takes down her hair. And my god, she oh. was a supermodel this whole time." Oh
0: my god. What what was it? There was it, there's a some movie like that where it's like there's a uh, lot
1: of two thousand movies like oh my that. God.
0: I think it was one where it's just like oh it's oh Jessica Alba and she's got the glasses, her hairs and mm-hmm. like the, in like the bun or whatever, and they're just like oh yeah that girl oh she's like the the ugly art student in high school blah, blah blah, and I'm like guys, that's still like primo Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba like right there like what the fuck do you mean?
1: Yeah, but what I was trying to say was that you know, even in the makeup before and how the way they had her before, where she kind of looked like the grieving widow, she still didn't look like she was closer in age to Danny Aiello.
0: No. So that's
1: why it was kind of a thing, you know, okay. You know, possibly she's marrying an older man. He's more secure. He's yeah. And it's just, you know, you have this, okay, now she's really into Ronnie. Who's kind of, kind of like the shiny sports car, you know, a little wild, a little dangerous. Uh. Really nice lines.
0: <laughs> really nice lines. I like all right, yeah, we get we get it, Boo. The, the young Nicolas Cage can really fill out that tank hey, top.
1: Hey, you were the one that made a point. You're like, my god, look at him in that tank top. He is look, ripped. It is
0: again, I don't know if, if Nicholas Cage has ever like gotten gotten shredded for anything, but he's in like really good shape for being this yeah. young. I just, I just wanted to point out that you know, this it's just weird to see to see young Nicolas Cage because I all my Nicolas Cage um lore basically is uh, National Treasure and up. Okay. So you know, not I've never seen like ripped Nicolas Cage. It's weird.
1: I mean, you were kind of crushing on it. You were like, whoo, look I, at him in that uh, that white tee. not
0: crushing <laughs> on a white tee, Nicholas Cage. Calm down now.
1: And I mean, we get him in a tuxedo. <laughs> we get him uh, morning after the opera where he's still kind of in the tuxedo, but he's got like the the flannel jacket on.
0: Yes, where he has to re- uh, reassess his bad boy persona. It works. It does. But I, I just wanted to point this out because... Like, we were saying, Diana was like, in his 50s during, mm. like, filming of this. Nicolas Cage is, like, half his age. She's, like, 24. Yeah. And, like, shares in the middle. She's around 40. Mm. So, it's just really weird to think of that kind of age bracket, mm-hmm. you know? Because, do you think this was meant to just be a share star vehicle? Mm. And th- and that's why they cast her Because I don't know if, if Cher would be the first choice Of we need a romantic comedy lead Because I, again, I don't know Really her big uh, You're just, you're just hating on Cher D- Look, Burlesque was a really bad movie Alright, I'm sorry
1: jeez oh, No, I think it's a movie Or it was a script That won the Oscar, by the way
0: Yes, yes, it beat out um, Fatal Metal, Attraction Fatal Attraction, Full Metal Jack And I'm very angry about this
1: Ah, uh, you're the only one that's angry. I'm happy that it won the Oscar.
0: Life happens. But,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it It shows how versatile Cher can be. We have the superstar, and we have Cher as the actress, who she could be Loretta, the, the widow who's kind of afraid to move on, mm-hmm. but knows that she needs to. Yeah. And it was a point where they didn't want Nicolas Cage in the movie because he was still really, you know... He was in films, but he wasn't, like...
0: He wasn't a proven commodity yet. Yeah. Like, Danny you know, Aiello had history, everyone else had history, Cher had star power, and Nick Cage was like, hey, you're Francis's nephew, but no one really knows that.
1: That, and it was kind of like, yeah, you've been in movies, but you're not really a leading man yet, and yeah. I think that goes with any job, where they're like, you need experience, and it's like, you have to have your footing somewhere, someone has yeah. to give you a break, and shares the the real reason that he's in this movie, because she said, you know what? If you don't let him be in this, I quit.
0: Really? She
1: threatened, and I think in, like, two-ish days, they were like, okay, you could have him. So without her pushing for him, it could have been anybody that they put in this film, and they probably wouldn't have had the chemistry that, you know, her and Nicolas Cage had.
0: Yeah, and it's really good chemistry, and also they play so well for each other, because so many of their scenes are Just hilarious. Like, the movie is actually pretty funny. Like, a little bit surprising because, you know, movies 30,
1: 40 years old, some like 30 years old. You and your comedy, you know, oh yeah, things were funny now. And it's like, no, comedy, you know, has no, been. No, 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 no.
0: It's. It didn't age poorly. Mm Because comedy can age very poorly. It can,
1: but not in this one. Because it's not like they're tying it into a lot of things.
0: Like pop culture. Pop
1: culture, uh, politics. It's just very much things that you deal with on a daily basis.
0: Familial comedy, things like that that's a little bit more timeless. uh,
1: Like when she calls him a wolf. And she gets that from seeing the couple that owns um, the liquor store. Yeah. Where the wife calls him a wolf. And, you know, they're kind of having this argument, but they've been around... And he's just like, you know what I see? He's like, I see the woman that I married however many years ago. And then, you know, she kind of retains that as she calls him a wolf. Because, you know, he's very animalistic with flipping the table yeah, and kind of it, flipping out. And It's you
0: know. the great setup to the gag that comes, you know, 20 pages down the road. Mm-hmm. It's really well written. Like, it winning the Oscar for best screenplay... Yeah, I think it might be a little weird, but yeah, it's deserved. It's a well-written screenplay. It's very yeah. strong. And
1: it's just, you know, okay, he's the wolf. He's cut mm. off his paw, which is genius when she's kind of building it. Uh, about okay. how, you well, know, his girlfriend left him. I, I had
0: an issue with that because she's like, Nick, or, well, Ronnie. Ronnie. You that, that uh, you know... Oh, you wanted to cut off your hand. You did that because you you didn't want to be with this woman. You're like the wolf who chewed off his paw. And I'm like, Ronnie chopped his hand off in a in a freak breading accident. That sounds
1: horrible. It sounds horrible, but all these years he had blamed it on his brother, who said, "Hey, can you cut me some bread?" And, and it then was he, just-
0: and then also. Ronnie's like, and then he distracted me, and I cut off my hand, my hand, and he points at it like he's in a silent movie, and it's it's wonderful. Yeah, and then, you know,
1: you kind of see the realization that she, you know, shows him it was an accident. It's like, your brother didn't, you know, maliciously come into the bakery that day expecting, you know, hey, I'm really gonna have you cut me some bread, but I really, really want you to cut, you know, your hand off, and it's like, no, and he even comes to the, he's like, he's like, I wasn't paying attention. Yes, and it's just like...
0: But, but, he's still... I would still be a little peeved if, oh, I chopped my hand off while my brother was, quote-unquote, distracting me. He brother could have been talking shit to him, right? He just chopped his hand off.
1: I'd be a little miffed. Yeah, Even but I mean... if it I was mean, an accident, I'd be a little miffed. But you work in a job that is very dangerous, and you know, hey, I'm working with this, I need to pay attention, or else I can... Very, you know, very much injure myself.
0: Ronnie, he works in a in a bakery. Bakeries are dangerous. There's French bread. French bread can cause a concussion. Just saying. He knew the risk when he walked into the shop. Knew the risk when he when he started slicing that bread. All right.
1: I'm gonna continue shaking my head at you. You
0: can keep shaking your head all you want. But I'm just saying, um, speaking Johnny, of Johnny, the... Johnny deserved to get his girl stolen from him.
1: Well, the the bakery actually. Is a real location. It's not a film set. Oh really? Yeah. It's. Oh, uh, I know it's probably changed hands probably
0: a uh, dozen a, plus a times. A dozen
1: plus times over its history, but uh, I'm not really sure what it is now. But what I do know is that all the baking equipment. It's still at the bottom of that place. Really? It was too heavy to move out. So they were just like, you know what?
0: That happens so much for everyone out there. That happens way more than you think where it's like, oh, the business went under. We're going to have to, you know, get rid of all the ovens and all the, Mm -hmm. all the, you know, the iron doors and the Mm -hmm. fridge and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You. You need It costs more money to rip that shit out and sell it than to just leave it.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's cool that, you know, if that place is still like a functioning restaurant or a store, that it's just beneath there.
0: Yeah, it happens all the time in restaurants. They uh, do not want to move the stoves, because those fuckers are heavy, and you have to do a whole thing with the gas lines.
1: Yeah, but what I also thought was cool was uh, that this was shot on location in New York. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, green screens. It's the
0: actual med, it's not like a stage.
1: Yeah, so it was like, it really makes the story and these characters feel real. And um, I know during the part with the, the snow, when they're arguing in the snow after the play, uh... They were actually freezing. Cher was like, "Yeah, I was freezing to death out there, but we needed to get the scene." So it's like, it's good acting, but it's also
0: just reacting re- to the world it, around, reacting
1: him. in reality with, "Oh my god, I want to go inside, but we got to get this done." And it it, it plays really well into the scene because you know he manages to walk her back to the front of his apartment, and it's just like you were leading me here the whole time when it was. I will do you this favor of going to the opera with you.
0: Men call that playing the game. Yes. Honey, let me just walk you down the road. Mm. Hey, this is weird. We're just in front of my apartment. Oh, it's a little cold. Want to go up? You mm-hmm. know, upstairs. Cup of coffee, a nightcap. Typical. Playbook. Netflix. Chill. Mm-hmm. That man, he's played the game. He's he's seen the field before him. He knows the play.
1: But yeah, you know, we see that him, you know, playing the field. But we to go back to the range of cage. We see this very animalistic, angry man, and then we get to see...
0: This passionate, this, like, kind person.
1: Mm-hmm. See who he really is underneath this rough exterior. And just seeing that, you know, he loves the opera. You know, he love He's very intellectual.
0: Do you think this is... Because Nicolas Cage, he, he went from... Um being like a method actor to being like uh i think now he calls it um nouvelle shamanistic actor like weird yeah he, the man meditates with snakes to prepare for a role so to each their own To each their own do you think this version of nicholas cage is different than the nicholas cage we have now can you see the lines drawn because this is very close to like vampire's kiss which by the way vampire's kiss came out like the next year.
1: It was an amazing movie. Yeah. Yes,
0: but that, that was the movie that almost bombed his career. I found that out. That was that was fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could see where the the line in the sand has been drawn. Because now it's like, you hear the name Nicolas Cage, and you think of just...
0: Like this really big, kind of, a little hammy, um gonzo performances a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, and with this, it's like, you see... That he is still a person trying to channel this character. He is not the character Nicolas Cage that we think of when you say his name. Yeah. I Where mean, it's like, oh, a lot pyramid. He's a like uh,
0: James Deany in this yeah, than anything else. And,
1: which I love. It's like, I love that he is very much the bad guy, but he's really the good guy underneath. Mm. And it's the whole thing of, you know, yes, I'm possibly hurting my brother, but I'm not trying to be malicious about it. It's like, I actually love you.
0: And and I love you too, boo.
1: I know you do. And um,
0: I really uh, love Moonstruck. Moonstruck was, was a lot better than I thought it was going to be.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great film. Um, my mom introduced me to this forever ago. Uh, it, was a story, or it was a movie that her and my grandmother loved. And my grandmother was a lot like... Olympia Dukakis is Rose in this Mm -hmm. movie. So it's kind of a way for me to see my grandmother. It's a little
0: bit of a family experience. Yeah.
1: It's me being able to see my grandmother who's passed on now, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, just her dynamic with Cher because they feel very much like mother and daughter. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of this movie is just so well done. Um, John Mahoney, who plays the man that keeps getting rejected in the restaurant. Oh, I love
0: it when he gets hit in the face with the water glasses. And it's like every time they
1: go visit that restaurant, he's just getting rejected by these younger girls because that's what he does. He chases younger women. But uh, John Mahoney is Frasier's dad in the the sitcom.
0: Is this movie just the precipice of all the things you grew to enjoy as you got older?
1: Well, yes, but also this movie got basically John Mahoney that job because everyone was like, wow, he's a great actor. He's so funny. Mm. And it was kind of like the same with Nick Cage. It was like, oh, wow. You know, he, I saw him like for a second in Ridgemont High. I've seen him in like some of these movies and it's like, wow. Like, no, he's like a whole different caliber of an actor.
0: He's somebody that you can tell is very committed to the role he's in. Mm -hmm. Even if it's asking for him to do some gonzo shit he, he'll go there
1: yeah and i think that's why this movie did so well and won oscars because
0: and spent 10 weeks at number one
1: yeah it, it's a phenomenal movie with a phenomenal cast i mean like i said earlier you know even grandpa we don't get too much of a story on him but he's hilarious yeah and in the parts that we get him in and it's just yeah it's a great ensemble piece that i love very much
0: Man, I, can't, I like talking about Nicolas Cage movies.
1: I know, that's why we're doing a month of Nicolas Cage movies.
0: What are we watching next month? Or next week?
1: Well, we... No, no,
0: next month. We should just make it, like, like, the rest of the year is Cage, is Rage Cage. Year. I mean,
1: he has so many movies, we could probably do that. I
0: think it's a... He has just crossed the hundred performances as a leading actor? Leading man? I think that's what he said. But we've... I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But next week...
1: Yeah, so this week we did, you know, more of the romantic leading man well
0: yeah the supporting cage the, the the birth of mainstream cage
1: but you know romantic you know the uh so next week i think we're gonna do action hero cage
0: action cage
1: which means we're gonna be watching con air
0: i'm so excited about this i've never seen con air
1: and Dean is, you know, I love Nick Cage so much. Oh, I, my God. I, I really enjoy But I've never him. seen Moonstruck. I've never seen Con Air. Never
0: seen, never seen it. And I want you to know this. So, in long, long ago, in another podcast, I had mentioned I had never seen Con Air. And my co-host on that show, David. Hi, David. Hi, David. Literally was like, I've lost so much respect for you because you've not seen Con Air. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, it is the perfect film. I think I think he unironically told me *Con Air* is the perfect film, and I again I just I need to see this.
1: I mean, I really like *Con Air*. Uh, I don't know if I have more influence because this is more of like a family movie to me. *Moonstruck*,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where I feel like I prefer *Moonstruck* over *Con Air*, but yeah. they're also two very different, vastly films. different. I can yeah. imagine. But the performance is equally as great in *Con Air*.
0: You know, I I cannot wait to watch this movie. Hopefully, everyone, you, you can't wait either. Where can they go to find us?
1: Well, if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we're also on YouTube.
0: Yeah, we're on our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. You can show up, listen to this podcast on The Film Vault, comment on our... Uh, episodes on the Film Vault, or subscribe and do other cool stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and if you want to follow us on social media where we post our adventures, memes, uh, other funny things, you can find us at the Film Club Podcast on Instagram. And with that,
0: we'll see you next week at the Film Club.
1: Peace.